Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast, a one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date's November 9th, 2023. Saints, the world is in turmoil. Most still don't realize it, but excuse me, but we are in that time in the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Did you not hear the sound of the shofar? You need to heed the warning and get right now before it's too late. Please make the choice for you should or not. If you need help after the program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine. Leave your name, number, prayer request, and or message. Just go to my cell phone number. It's my real one. The only one I got. 316-619-4886. But you might not get answered unless you text me first because there's so many robocalls out there. And remember, I don't turn on my phone till 1 o'clock in the afternoon because it's also my business phone and I have other things to do prior to 1 o'clock. So 1 o'clock, you can call. You can always, but you can call pretty late because I work pretty late at night. Anyway, you can always find updates with <clears throat> the breaking news, all about the Wichita Mission Church, all that stuff, donation stuff over there at prophecyhour.com. Prophecyhour.com. Remember, we're a live radio program, simulcast live on internationally. It's on some independent FM station, four different MP3 stream, Kick, Twitch, Rumble, Phone Bridge, and it's picked up by about every podcatcher out there, all the ones I've seen. Thank our listener place. People over there in New Zealand, Calicory, New Zealand, London, United Kingdom. Always want to say London, England, but you know, according to the map, it's the United Kingdom. San Luis Potosi, Mexico, and of course cities in the United States, such as Dallas, Texas, Fargo, North Dakota, Kansas City, Kansas. Last week, you folks over there in Wilmington, North Carolina, was a larger group of listeners, at least to our programs when they go to the radio archives. Anyway, you can find those archives at branch.automatic. Dot com. Your Heavenly Father, in your show, home in Jesus' name, I pray. Father, please, 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 I pray radio tonight goes according to your will and not ours, Father. And please give everyone ears out there a wish to hear and understand your truth, Father. So please, Father Yahweh, and your Son, your show, home in Jesus' mighty name, bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. Well, folks, I'm really glad to have tonight's guest back on with us. He gives sanity to an insane world. And yeah, the world is in turmoil. It seems like I've been saying that since about 2000 and uh, what was it, two, when I got on radio. Anyway, it, it's Pastor Carl Gallops, of course. He gave today, I, I was listening to an intro that he did on a video uh, before he got into the two resurrections that changed the world. And he really gave some a good opinion about what's going on in Israel. Maybe we'll talk about that. I don't know yet, but we'll see. 
But anyway, Pastor Carl is a best-selling author. He's a senior pastor since 1987. He's a talk radio host. Well, he does talk radio with other people nationally. I don't know how many years he had his radio program. He does TV, and he's a radio guest commentator. He's a former Florida decorated law enforcement officer, founder of P.P. Sinem's News and Ministry Network. He's also a member of the Board of Regents of the University of Mobile in Mobile, Alabama. Carl's written 13 books, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, The Magic Man in the Sky, Final Warning, Be Thou Prepared, When the Lion Roars, Gods and Thrones, Gods of Grand Zero, The Rabbi, The Secret Message, The Identity of Messiah, Gods of the Final Kingdom, Masquerade, we always come to that one and say, well, you predicted COVID, what went on, you should read it, you should read all of them, The Summoning, Glimpses of Glory, and The Yeshua Protocol, that's his latest book, but I already know he's on another one. So, welcome, Pastor Carl. How are you? Pastor Dan, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me back. Well, it wouldn't be the same. After all these years, it just wouldn't be the same if it, if you weren't <laughs> back. I mean, You're so it, it's kind of You're so kind. You mean I've You mean I've made myself indispensable? Yeah, something like that. Just don't spread rumors. <laughs> Something like that. Well, that's what I'm trying to do in my marriage, you know, trying to keep my wife fooled that she needs. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep you fooled that be. So thank you, brother. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, you know, I've had one for 37 years, 38 anniversaries coming up soon. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's amazing. right along. My, I, I have right a, along. first I want to say you something about you. We're live on the air right now. Are we live talking to people? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I I, I think I'm alive. <laughs> anyway, I hear you. let me uh, let me tell. I want to tell people something about your website real quick before, before I get into let, turning you loose, um, folks. I really want you to go to his website. He's got two really great things over there. One is the uh, video that I mentioned about the two resurrections, but. Also, you know, Carl's talked about this uh, many times on a radio program. We've slipped off into this conversation, but here it is. It's actually a written article. It's actually written out. That's a big deal, Carl. Um, it's, it's today's featured video, and it's pre-trib or pre-wrath, the truth, in a written article. It says, by who? Pastor Carl Gallup. So, of course, this is great that it's written out, Carl. Um because, you know, a lot of people, especially like me, I, yeah, I listen to videos and watch videos, but I really like the written word. You know what I'm saying? Back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, thank you. I appreciate it. And, of course, it's about, you know, is it pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and how do we know, and what did Jesus say, what do the experts say, and, and, you know, what's the context? What does the whole Bible say? And what are the nuances to the words tribulation and wrath and all of those things? So it's all written out. It's kind of like a little miniature book. It's not even a book. It's, I don't know, it's probably a 20-minute read or less. But yeah. it's, a, it's packed full of good information. So thank you for moving people towards it. Now, that particular feature on my website, it changes every day. Uh, so there's a different article or video every day of the week. But as long as I leave that that code in there, it, it goes over and over again until I change the code. So in other words, there's seven articles and or video, video, and then it changes over again. So if you get up in the morning and can't find what 
Pastor Dan's talking about, don't panic. Um, you know, a, a week from now it'll be back up again. But anyway, that's okay. I don't know. Does, does that well, make sense? I, yeah, it makes sense. But I I cheated. But, Let me tell you what I did, folks. Okay. I copied the whole article. That's and fine. I sent it to my website. That's and fine. If, if you go to, to the radio category, you'll easily find it. It's called pre-trib or pre-wrath. And, and I didn't figure you'd complain about it because it was no, right there. No, sir. No, brother. No, I'm honored. I'm honored. And uh, well, yeah, it, So that's good. I'm glad you did that. You always have permission to do that from uh, with my stuff, brother. I'm honored. Well, I, I appreciate that, but you know, th- this is this is a really important one. You know, I, in fact, I had somebody I'd known forever, and say, "Yeah, that old Pastor Carl. Well, he's a pre-trib rapture person. I don't know why you have him on radio." I said, "Do you ever listen to him on my program?" I said, "We've talked about this so many times, and you're telling him, pre- oh wow, you know." So anyway, then I had to schooling. You know, I've but, never, ever, ever been pre-trib. Ever. And all, in my 37 to 40 years of ministry, I never have. And even as a, a, a cop, when I was a growing Christian and in the Word, I just didn't see pre-trib there. I wasn't. But then, you know, when I went to seminary and studied Hebrew, studied Greek, got a Master of Divinity degree, a three-year degree with 90 semester hours and now 37 years of preaching and 14 books, I'm pretty well, you know, entrenched in where I stand on this, and I have never been pre-trip. But now I don't, I don't throw pre-trippers under the bus. I mean, I always leave room for me to be wrong and somebody else to be right. The main thing is it's going to be what God says. But what I try to do, what I try to do in this article is to show you what Jesus Christ says by His own words the nuances of the words and the context of fitting those words that he said with the rest of the biblical message. And it's not pre-trib and it's not mid-trib. It is post-trib or what's theologically called historical premillennialism. Historic premillennialism. Right. Yeah, we, we did, in fact, just recently we talked about this and, and you, you gave it, but... <laughs> Okay, got another question for you before. Okay. I, I don't know where we're going to end up at, but I am curious about Zev, of course. Yeah, okay. Please. Is he okay? I mean, you know, there's, yeah. uh, the situation, and it doesn't look like it's getting better. Or is it getting better? I want your well, opinion on it. Well, yes and no. It's getting better in that there are no roaming neighborhoods and killing and raping and murdering inside of Israel like that. So that's better. The, the, the deal is, Netanyahu himself said that this, this was going to take a while because, in, in fact, um, I, I can read something that I think will be very important. I mean, it's like three short paragraphs in a Fox News mm-hmm. article of okay, what Netanyahu said and published one hour ago. Okay, so let me just read it. it it'll take like one minute, maybe two minutes. In okay. his exclusive interview with Fox News, Brett Baer, Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says they have a clear plan of what they're working to achieve with the war against Hamas terrorists. Quote, I think, he says, it's clear what Gaza's future has to look like. Hamas must be gone. We have to destroy Hamas, not only for our sake, but for the sake of everyone, for the sake of civilization. 
for the sake of Palestinians and Israelis alike. Here, here, I agree with that. I love this man so far. Netanyahu goes on to say, they have to see Gaza demilitarized, de-radicalized, and rebuilt. He says, and all of that can be achieved. We do not seek, Israel does not seek to conquer Gaza. We don't seek to occupy Gaza. We don't seek to govern Gaza. In the foreseeable future, we have to make sure that what happened October 7th does not happen again. Netanyahu says what he expects to see out of all of this is a rebuilt Gaza for the people of Gaza. Now, I love that thinking and that approach. Whether or not they're able to pull that off is another thing, and we will see. Uh, of course, Iran doesn't want that, so they're going to try to intervene. Uh, uh, Russia probably doesn't want that because they're lockstep with Iran, so they're probably going to try to intervene, and on and on it goes. I mean, this is the stuff that makes up world wars. I pray this isn't that. I pray it doesn't happen. But the Bible is clear. One day there is going to be what we could call a World War III. The Bible's clear about that. People say, well, that, that's after the rapture. And I say, well, what are you trying to say? Goody, goody, we miss it and billions of other people die? I mean, when does it matter when it is? It's going to be. Because the Bible says it's going to be. The deal is, it could be building up right now before our eyes, Pastor Dan. But ben, Benjamin Netanyahu, I think, is being very fair, clear-headed, very level-headed about this. I know the radical Indians wouldn't agree with what I'm saying. But look, the, the, the Israelis just want to mow the grass and pay the bills and educate their children, like the rest of us. Yeah. The Palestinians that are not radicalized, they want the same thing. They don't. Look what they're going through now. Now they're going through. T 10,000 of them have died already in this, in this trying to destroy Hamas. Hamas hides behind them. They hide under their skirts. They hide behind the children. They hide underground in, like, like rats in a tunnel. They hide under hospitals. They hide in hospitals. These people are, are just horrible, horrible, demonically driven people. They've got to go if I were Benjamin Netanyahu, that would be my goal as well. These people live right within the proximity of our nation in Gaza, which used to be a part of Israel. We cannot allow them to exist there. These radicalized, rapists, murderers, baby-killing terrorists, we cannot allow them to exist anymore. Now, where to go from here? I don't know. I like what he's saying. We shall see. But the bottom line is the Bible has a lot to say about all this. Yeah, amen. Just a couple of small things. Um, number one, yeah, we, we're here. I've even read some feedback from Gazans, you know, and they say he, he, the guy started off by calling it you know, occupied land, and he said that's just because we've been told that for so long. But we want Israel to come and get rid of these people because we would rather live under Israel's rule than them. And, you know, that's yes. that's from an honesty. Yeah. Yes. There are a lot of Palestinians that live in Israel. I mean, I've been to Israel many times, and probably you have, and some of your audience has too. And, and now there are idiots among the Palestinians, but there are idiots among the Jewish people. There are idiots upon, uh, among the Americans. Good gosh. Um, <laughs> there are idiots everywhere. 
but but the tons of the Palestinian people that live in Israel are law-abiding, uh, working, uh, friendly people. I've met a bunch of them. I've sat down and had meals with them. I, I was walking by one of them's house one time. I was down there in a neighborhood. And the family was outside. I said, please, please sit down with us. We know you're from America, right? I said, yes. And they said, please eat with us. Eat with us. We want to feed you and eat with you. And I mean, you know, these, these were Palestinian people that live in Israel as citizens of Israel. So the Gazans are now saying basically the same thing. We want that kind of life too. You know, we want that. Of course. Who right. doesn't? If, if they're in the right who doesn't want some kind of peace in this satanic fallen world well let, let's throw this in we had a uh, one of the the terrorists came forward i don't know a big guy but he he did an interview and he said straight out he said the whole purpose of this attack this terrible attack that we did was so that not so we could make anything better or what because we want ongoing war that's what we want and we're not here to protect the gazan people that's supposed to be the united nation that helps them our tunnels, everything's been to protect us, but we want to wage war. So that's why we did it in the way we did it, so we would have war on all fronts. So these people have to be taken care of. Back to you. They have to. Yeah. I mean, Netanyahu and Israel, they really have no choice. The only other choice is just kind of halfway do the job, and this all comes back on them with a vengeance sometime relatively soon. It'll give them time to quit, rearm get more money, more supplies in, it'll, it'll embolden Iran, and of course Russia is with them, and Turkey is with Russia, and Russia and China are together. I mean, it's going to embolden all these people, and, and then Israel is going to be in for hell on earth if they yeah. don't eradicate this. But now, you know, this could be leading to the Ezekiel 38 coalition and war. It could be leading to the revelation, uh, trumpet number six, the, this huge uh, world war that's centered in, in the Middle East on the Euphrates River. And by the way, the headwaters of the Euphrates, Euphrates are, you know, it's in Turkey, right. in, in Mount Ararat. So, I mean, that's coming. And maybe those two wars are the same thing. We don't know, and scholars disagree. But the bottom line is the Bible says that day is coming, and the Lord is going to supernaturally show himself and intervene and the whole world will bow in his presence and I think that's just before the return of the Lord yeah absolutely I think it absolutely is too let's go with this so I, I believe it's absolutely you know and that's what folks need to realize everything that is happening over there is a build up toward the things that you're saying I mean you know we don't necessarily we see through a glass darkly as Paul would right. say right so but these are leading up to that. They're, they're shaping things in the mannerism where it's going to be. And as far as those people lining up for the Ezekiel 38, you can see those alliances right now yes. um, starting yes. their fruitation. Back to you. Yes. No, you, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, of course, <laughs> the different factions of Christianity argue and bicker with each other about, well, no, this is not that, and, and that, that nation doesn't mean that, and... And, you know, and that's pre-trib. No, it's mid-trib. No, it's post-trib. And I, I'm just like, you know, guys, we're on the edge of World War III, and, and we're fighting over an ism. Is it pre-tribulation ism or mid-tribulation ism? I mean, good gosh, guys. 
it's going to be what Jesus says, and don't act like you know exactly how it's going to unfold. So, I mean, I, 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 listen, Jesus said it's going to be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Okay? When you examine all of that, there's no privy trib or mid-trib in either the days of Noah or the days of Lot. It's not there. And Jesus said it's going to be just like that. So that's why I stand where I stand, but I try to be humble enough not to make the mistake the Pharisees did with the Son of God standing right before them, and they crucified him, thinking they were doing God a favor because he didn't fit their box. They had the Messiah drawn in with lines. Yeah, absolutely. L- l- let me say this. Give me a, give me about a half a minute. Um, one thing I, you know, I've learned, Carl, you, I, I've been doing talk radio, you know, for a long time, of course, you know that. Um, but, you know, people send me books and I read books and I have people on the air. Not as many people anymore because I've just really kind of X'd out attitudes and and the way that people would stand, you know, not willing to give any anything to anybody else. If they wrote it, they believe that's absolute truth and not willing to shake or even be able to really completely prove their point of view. But so, but what I did, it, it helped me to realize in myself that I need to be humble about all this because, you know, there, there's some awful strong arguments. I, there's no way that I'm going to stand up and say, I shut the doors to learning. I absolutely know, and this is the way I'm going to be. And if it ain't the way that I believe, then I'm not going to talk to anybody except those that believe like me. How many people do you think I can find that believe exactly like me? Back to you. Brother, that's why I love you so much. That's my heart, too. And I think God honors that. You know, I mean, we do see through a glass dimly. As it gets closer and closer, we learn more and more. We get it. I mean, listen, even at the first coming of Jesus, even his own 12 disciples for three years, listening to all of his teaching, watching everything that happened, they studied him. I mean, the Bible tells that. They're very honest about, and we didn't believe him. We didn't know. He went on the cross. We all left because we didn't know, we didn't believe that he would literally rise from the dead. And and so, and we're on the other side of it. It's all been fulfilled. And we go, well, how could they have been so stupid? They lived with it. Well, but it's because we're living in the world. And guess what? God came and lived in it with us. And this world is fallen. Our eyes are darkened. Sometimes we don't have eyes to see. Jesus, one by one, began to open eyes. And by the time the resurrection happened and was witnessed, then they got it. Then they got it. That's why Peter writes, Oh my gosh, we now have the prophets made for certain. We now understand it. Now we understand that even the prophets who wrote the prophecies didn't understand everything about it. Even the angels in heaven didn't understand until it happened. And now it has happened in our life, and we see it, and there it is. So I'm Amen. saying, I'm begging the church to understand it's the same thing about the rapture. It's, it's we got to bail thing. out. we got to bail out. CarlGallops.com, CarlGallops.com. We'll be back, folks, shortly.
away. Pastor Dan will be right back. In Genesis 41, tells the story of Pharaoh having a dream of seven fat ears of corn, followed by seven blasted ones, meaning there's seven years of plenty, and then there was seven years of famine following. We are now in seven years of famine once again, starting September 25th of 2021. Joseph's Kitchen is about getting actual wheat berries, putting them through a meal, takes 30 seconds, putting it along with the ingredients into a bread machine, pushing a button, two hours, 20 minutes later, you have a nice steaming hot loaf of whole wheat bread. Most long-term storage food is from nine dollars to $10,000, one person, one year. At Joseph's Kitchen, it's two people, one year, about $2,000. Then you decide whether you want to have food for one person, one year, two people, one year, four people, one year, or six people, one year, all at josephskitchen.com. That's right, about $1,000 per person per year at josephskitchen.com. josephskitchen.com. In this time of the social and spiritual breakdown of America and the world, in these prophetic end times, God is calling multitudes of Christians to the Ozarks and other safe havens around the world to survive so they can spread the gospel. The Ark Haven Intentional Neighbors Vision is to prepare Christians physically, mentally, and spiritually for these end times. Thousands are coming to the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas and Missouri, where even the CIA says it's one of the safest places on earth. The Intentional Neighbors concept allows Christian neighbors to own adjacent land to each other so they can aid and help each other. The community is exploding with nurses, a doctor, and other professionals as well as many others. If you cannot afford to buy a house, you can rent a house. Call 479-502-1789. That's 479-502-1789. Or visit arkhaven.org. That's arkhaven.org. Tell them Pastor Dan sent you. Well, we're back. This is Pastor Dan Catlin. You're listening to Messiah's Ranch Prophecy Hour on what? American Voice Radio Network. And we're talking with Pastor Carl Gallops. But just give me a minute, and we'll get right back with him. Um, folks, I just want you to pray about supporting Thanksgiving and what we do. Um, we really are going to have a huge number. Our highest number we ever did was 151. But now we're doing 151 in a day in the feedings that we do. That's normal. So... We're looking at maybe, I don't know, 250 people showing up. And then, wow. Anyway, so pray about supporting Thanksgiving. You know, all donations, no matter what size helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where your heart, of course. If you if you don't wish to help with support, consider a donation for radio airtime. You can donate online, cash app, mail a check or money or all that stuff. Find it at prophecyhour.com. And let's get back with Carl. Are you there with me, Carl? I, I am here, brother. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, amen. A couple of things. First, hey, did you ever hear that? You know, the did you hear the commercial about Arkhaven? Oh, yes, I did. Uh-huh. Yeah, it plays all the time. I just want to say something to you about it. You know, and for the people, you know, that's really a cool, cool community. Uh, uh, some people think that it's, a, you know, that's some kind of a cult thing or nothing. 
But it isn't. They just bought up a whole bunch of land, and they're they're making sure that the people that buy the land are all Christians, right? And, you know, nobody is it's not under one cult leader or anything like that. They all pursue their individual Christian beliefs and they're coming together. But they're, they're there together so that they make sure all their neighbors and the people around them um, are Christians so that when the time of tr- trouble comes, you know, they'll have they'll be able to rely on each other. And it's really a cool concept. It's not a cult. Um, right. I just wanted to throw that in just for the record. Yeah, but, yeah. I I've been to their uh, website before and, and read and checked them out, and I, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. All right. Well, amen and amen. Anyway, I was going to. Uh, there's so much going on in the world uh, <laughs> for a, for a lot of reasons. You know, I mean, the left seems to want to kill everything in some manner or not. I mean, I, we just went through Columbus Day not long ago, and I had. My wife didn't understand. She was interested people to ask, what are you talking about? And, you know, they destroyed Columbus Day. Uh, but the point is, is we're coming up on Thanksgiving. I want to know what your personal input is. Do you think we stole the land? Do you think Thanksgiving's a good thing? Because I'd like to talk about something good. Back well, listen, here's the bottom, bottom line, and then I'll answer that more specifically. We live... All of us, all 8 billion of us, and everybody that came before, and everybody that comes after until Jesus returns. We live in Satan's captive world. This is a fallen creation. We are fallen people. God sees only two kinds of humans out of 8 billion. He's not looking at male, female. He's not looking at grown or children. He's not looking at black, white, brown, yellow. He's looking at those who trust in Jesus Christ, who born again, those who love the Creator, love the Lord, and want to be a part of His kingdom, and those who don't. It's as simple as that. So, when we talk about the founding of our nation, where there were there wonderful, good-intentioned people who did some really great things and it, it turned this into a land of opportunity, a land of plenty. A land not only of that, but a place where it's very safe, relatively speaking, in this world to raise your families and generations. Did they turn this into a place that became the largest Christian nation on the planet that ships more missionaries and literature and Bibles and, and hunger relief and world disaster relief to all the other nations of the world combined? Did all of that happen? Yes. Where are there idiots involved? Where are there mean people involved? Where were there godless people involved? Were atrocities committed? Yes. And this doesn't make it right, but the truth is those same things have happened in every nation on the planet at one time or another, and most of them are still happening at one degree or another. Does that make sense, Far? That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so 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 setting yeah so setting that foundation, see, because people like to say, well, look, the United States stole this and they did that and they mistreated the Indians and they mistreated this and that, and well, but there's a story and a context behind all of that. And yes, sometimes the the early forefathers did commit atrocities. A lot of times they did not. It, and, and the bottom line is, we're not good because we're Americans. And now, and we're not Americans because we're good. 
it, if we're good at all, it's because God has put his hand of blessing over us. So the bottom line is, thanksgiving is a biblical attitude. The Lord, the Word of God, the New Testament, over and over, the Old Testament, um, give thanks to the Lord, praise the Lord, thank Him for His blessings, thank Him for His provision, always have a heart of thanks, have a heart of thanksgiving, and express your thanksgiving as you serve the Lord. I mean, it, so thanksgiving is a, is a biblical Christian spiritual attitude of saying to the Lord, look, in this imperfect world, even with many imperfect founding fathers and imperfect things that's happened to all peoples everywhere, even in that, we stop and give thanks. We couldn't eat without you the next day. We wouldn't be here talking on the radio. Listen, if, if you and I live long enough before the rapture and the coming of the Lord, we're going to pass through this world through the, through the veil of death. Why? Because death rules. And because bodies uh, deteriorate. Why? Because we're in a fallen world. It wasn't supposed to be this way. But here we are. We are ambassadors. We are witnesses. We are priests in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We're not here on a pleasure trip. This is not paradise. So here we are as a nation approaching Thanksgiving. I think we should celebrate it. I think it should be deeply rooted in our faith in Jesus Christ and our understanding. I do know that if the light goes out in America, this is going to be one dark world. And I don't mean it's because America is the only light left or because we're some great, wonderful nation that's better than everybody else. I don't mean that. I mean, people from other nations have said that. We've had presidents that have said that. Ronald Reagan was the most famous. He said we're like a city of... Of light, of 10,000 lights on a hill. If, if these go out, the world is dark. Why? To this day, Pastor Dan, and we've talked about this on your show before, all of the research, all of the reliable, credible scientific polls indicate that the vast majority of immigrants all over the world, they want to come to America. More than any other 10 nations of immigration choice put together. Why do they want to come here? See, the left in the United States would have us to believe, oh, oh, we're a bunch of Indian killers and slaveholders and crooked thieves and greedy people and, and this is a horrible place and we're racist and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're bigots and, 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 you know. Well, if that's the case, why is it that everybody wants to come here? And, and by the way, if you're encouraging people by opening the borders, Aren't you asking them to come to a racist, bigoted, nasty place to live? I mean, you're opening the door, so aren't you complicit in their misery? I mean, none of this makes sense, brother. So I'm just saying there's a foundation, there's a context. I've tried to lay it out as quickly as I can. But the bottom line is we should be grateful. We, Brother, you and I, look what we're doing right now. We're talking about things that in 75% of the world we couldn't talk about. And right. we're doing it on the radio. And we're doing it in the comfort of our air-conditioned and heated homes, uh, living in luxury cons con compared to the vast majority of the planet. Most of us struggle weight because we eat too much. 50% of the planet goes to bed hungry every night. I mean, we need to stop and thank God and quit bickering about, well, the, for the forefathers. And boy, they committed atrocities. Well, it doesn't make it right. 
But if you would think, every nation on earth has done those things. It's sad. It's horrible. That's why Jesus is coming back to set it right. Does that make sense, my brother? Yeah, it does. Amen. A couple of things. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm sorry. I get passionate. I'm sorry. That, no, that's. I'm glad you're passionate. Uh, amen. I just a couple of small things. You know, number one, you know, I get a lot of flack. We, I, I keep the feast of the Lord, whatever. But I get a lot of flack because yeah. Thanksgiving. Here's my deal. Yeah, I, I love the feast of the Lord. They're in the Bible. Amen. Amen. And amen. I keep them. Okay, but. Thanksgiving is one day that I feel like that. You know, Paul said that tradition. Thanksgiving technically is a tradition. It's a, but traditions are okay as long as they're not contrary to the word. And so Thanksgiving is a time that we can stop and just that, what you said, to give thanks to the Father for everything and show our gratefulness. And we're doing it. Now, here's the kicker. The Bible didn't order us to do it on that specific day, but we're doing it because we want to do it, because we're thankful to him. We want to get back say, Father, look at what you've given me, and just thank him. Get on our knees and thank him, and thank him for our dinner, and thank him for everything that he's did for us. And we're doing it not because we're forced to do it, or the words help, but we're doing it because we want to, because we love Him. And that's my take on Thanksgiving. And that's why it is one day that I can talk to so many different people and relate to them, and I really get through to people on that day. And yeah. so I'm greatly looking forward to it. Back to you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I practice, and our family practices, intentional Thanksgiving. That is, of course, Thanksgiving Day. We, for all the things you just said, we, we try to do that. But every day, every meal, I don't care if we're eating a snack, uh, we, we pray and we thank the Lord. And it's not, God is great, God is good, God, we thank you for our food. No, it's, it's from our heart, and it's not only for the food and the meal, but our health and our ministry and our families. And we don't go on and on and on and on, but we just make it from the heart, and we try to be intentionally thankful because that's what the Word of God says. So on that one day, then we want to join in with people, brothers and sisters in the Lord, and even people who are unbelievers, but right. they're, they're, they're thankful that they can be a part of this nation. I don't know what or who they're thanking. It doesn't matter. They're saying, you know what? I'm glad I live here. I can choose not to go to church, and I don't get my head cut off today. Um, you know, where, as you and I say, we get to choose to go to church, and yeah, we don't yeah. step outside and get shot for doing it. Yeah. Amen and amen. And and I'm with you on that. I mean, I don't, there is nothing that I don't, that I consume without saying thanks for it. I don't yes. pull out of my driveway to go to the mission church or go to the store or anything without um, asking him to watch over things. Thank but, you, bro. you know, to me, that's, that's. Being a believer, let's go with this. Carl, isn't being a believer, it's more than just going, you know, and sitting in a church on Sunday or Saturday or whatever day that you're doing it. But it's a walk. It's something that you do all the time. It's a, if you, folks, if you're different, if I meet you in church and then I meet you at the store and you're two, you act two different ways, then there's a problem here. Because you should be the same no matter where you're at or what you're doing, and it's a walk, and that's what you should be in 24-7. If you act differently around different people, you you know, 
You know what I'm saying, Carl? Back to you. I do. No, I do. It's not a a a lifestyle. It is life. It's not a way of life. It is life for a believer. We just live it. We're we're continually aware of God's presence, His reality, His creation, His hand over us. Nobody does that perfectly. Even you and I. We don't just yeah. sit around all day and worship the Lord in deep depth in our heart every second of every day. But throughout the day, I'm like you. I'm giving praise. I'm worshiping. I drive down the road, and I'll just thank Him. Say, Lord, thank you. Just thank you for this day. Thank you for you. having my family, my precious family. Thank you, Lord. You've blessed me beyond measure just with my family and my friends. The ministry you've given me, Lord. Thank you. It's your ministry. I mean, that's, that's God honors that. And it's and it's a life more than a lifestyle or a way of life. I am the way, the life, the truth. Not a way, not a life, any life, not any truth or a truth. The way, the way. So it's all about Jesus. It's all about his return. And it's all about whether we're going to be the ambassadors he's called us to be, the witnesses he's called us to be, and the priest in his kingdom that he's called us to be. It's all about that. And once you get it through your head that most of what we do as Christians cannot be done in most of the rest of the world. And so we've got a lot to be thankful for, brother. Yeah, amen and amen. And, you know, and there is a big deal. You know, when it comes to the reality of the Father and the, the, the real belief, it, it's consuming. I mean, I, I know his presence just like I, my son sitting over there and recording this program. I know he's here. I know he's with me. And so it would be foolish not to talk to him. He's here. He's with me all the time in, in that sense. And so you're right. It's life. It is reality. And that's reality we want for everybody. We want them to experience that because, you know, he's just real. And that's our key to everything. That's our key to eternity. That's what it means to walk with him and to have faith and belief in him. Back to you. Yes. Okay. Well, brother, I'm with you. Thank you for that eloquent explanation of it, and thank you for letting me speak to it as well. And you asked me a question a little while ago I'd like to address, if it's okay with you. Ask if I'd heard from Zev and what's going on yes, in Israel. I do. Can I, I do you want me to address that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. Well, let me just say this to the audience. Zev Parat is who we're talking about. Messianic Rabbi Zev Parat. Most of your audience knows him, but you're always getting new people. Zev and I have been in ministry for a dozen years together. We've written books together. We've helped each other with our individual books. We do uh, a lot of media together. He flies over here. We go all over the United States together doing TV and radio. We do a lot by phone. We do a lot of it by traveling and live TV, stuff like that. We do trips to Israel together, or at least we did do. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so we've been deeply interested. We were both published by the same publisher, Devender Publishing. Um, and he's uh, got a couple of runaway best-selling books. He's got another one coming out. I've written, well, with Defender, I think seven or eight books. I've got another one coming out. All of them have been bestsellers. And Zev helps me a lot with those books, and I help him with his. So that's who I'm talking about. He was born and raised in Israel, raised to be a rabbi, found Yeshua in the midst of it. His family's deeply involved in the IDF, and they're involved in Orthodox Judaism and the rabbis. 
Um, they're, they're involved, he was involved in the IDF. He was an officer in the IDF. He speaks Hebrew as his first language. Now, I said all that to say, this guy is over there in the midst of this, been lived with his wife. Uh, her name is Lynn. They live there. They minister there. They've got house churches all over Israel. Um, kind of underground, you know, Jews who have come to Christ, uh, Arabs that have come to Christ, Muslims that have come to Christ. And so they disciple them, and they, they have people that help them. Like if I was living over there, I would be one of his pastor helpers, but together we would go to all of these places. Well, he does that all the time. And then the war comes, and he was in Tel Aviv. He saw a lot of what was happening in the neighborhoods, in the area, and around Israel, and, and, and around Gaza. He was traveling also. So the bottom line is, yes, I do stay in touch with him, but it's really much more sporadic now than it was. Number one, he's super busy in the midst of this. He has been ministering continually with his wife. They've been supplying food and clothing and relief to people. They're witnessing, they're sharing. He, he tells me that many, many Jewish people are now asking more and more questions about Yeshua. And it's just this has shaken them to the core. They're beginning to listen to the gospel like before. Some miraculous things are happening. All of that is wonderful. But while that's happening, helicopters are flying overhead. The jets are flying overhead. The tanks are rolling in and out of cities and towns. Zeb is right in the middle of it. He was near a neighborhood that got accosted by these terrorists. He saw things he said that he can never unsee. He, he doesn't want to think about it. He you know, he he sees it in his brain continually, nasty stuff. But um, he texts me when he can. He emails me when he can. Those through quicker. But every now and then he calls me. And two days ago he called me. We had about a 30-minute clear connection before it cut off. And a lot of that happens because of the war and towers being down and the government using the, the communication supplies. But we saw for about 30 minutes, and he told me, Carl, the war is still raging over here. People don't know that. He said, the media is not talking about it. At that time, he said, we have several dozen ID officer, IDF officers who have been killed, military guys. He said, these are young men and women. And, they, they, you know, we all know everybody over here, only 9 million of us in the whole nation. And, uh, you know, it, uh, we grieve continually because of what happened on October 7th. And now what's happening, you know, because we're having to defend our homeland, we're having to eradicate Hamas. Um, our people also have big broken hearts for the innocent Palestinians, and there are a lot of innocent Palestinians, and Zev knows that. He said a lot of Israelis know that. Israelis don't hate all Palestinians. The Israelis are not angels, you know, everybody struggles with their sin nature, but they get it. They just wanted to go about their life. And, of course, you know, all hell was brought to their front door on October the 7th. So that's where he stands. He says, Carl, it's still raging. It's still going on. This is going to be a long war. Basically, Netanyahu's saying the same things. But he and his wife are immersed in bringing relief, bringing help, bringing aid, bringing peace and comfort, and bringing you the gospel of Yeshua. Amen. Let me throw in a couple things about about what you just said. Okay. Number one. I did just get his book, and I and folks, uh, I guess I don't even know if it's out for sale yet, but it's called Blood Alliance. And January fifteenth, it'll be for sale. January fifteenth, yeah, it is. Ext yeah, it's extremely heavy. I'm going to have to read it a couple of times. I, I really, yeah, I really, I'm reading it. I haven't read it yet. But this is what I want to say about what you said about Zeb at the very first. You talked about the way that he is ministering. 
You know, you just described the book of Acts. You know, yeah. how did the how did You're the right. disciples? They went. They didn't go build a big church and tell everybody to come. They went house to house, table to table, and broke bed. Back to you. Yeah, no, you're right. And and you know, in the American culture, sometimes the little house churches don't work very well. Sometimes, sometimes they do. But you know, you got competition, and somebody gets a church started in their house, and all of a sudden they want to have a badge and they want to run everything. And next thing you know, you can have a cult. I mean, you, you got to stay on top of it. But the bottom line is. When you're in a situation like Zeb's in, that's the only thing that works. That's the only thing that worked in the Roman Empire when the church was born. Like I said, when we say the church was born, first thing that pops in our mind is a big brick building with a steeple and stained glass windows. But that's not it. It was people meeting together in businesses that were closed down at night or in people's homes or down by the riverside, like in... Uh, 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 um, Oh, Macedonia, Philippi, that's where Paul and his entourage, you know, ran into Lydia and the women that went to the river to pray, and they met there every week. I mean, that's the church. It's born-again believers meeting wherever they can. Well, in Zev's case, Orthodox Judaism rules the day in Israel, and, you know, that's their right. right. But they hate Christians, you know, pretty much. I mean, they do. And so when one of them, an Orthodox like Zev, becomes a believer in Yeshua, they take a lot of flack. They persecute it a lot, so they have to kind of go underground. And so, yeah, it's like Acts. I mean, they just meet wherever they can. And, you know, they're not fear of being slaughtered by the Jews or, or arrested and thrown in dungeons, but they get ostracized. They, get, they lose their jobs. They, some, their families disown them. So Zev's got to disciple these people so they kind of meet in secret. And Zeb goes from the north end of Israel to the south end of Israel in the multiple home churches he has and he disciples people continually. Amen. That's a that's a really big deal. And and for the record, folks, what he what he's saying is very true. I mean to lose their job, lose their livelihood. It's a complete lifestyle change. And you know, I became much more aware of that after reading, you know, and listening to Zeb, you know what I'm saying. It brought me reality and yeah. so uh folks in fact i'll put uh, put his website back out again he does have a website and, and uh, we will put that out we've only got about a minute and a half carl so tell them where they can find you and everything and we're going to have to go okay in a minute and a half i can take 10 minutes and tell you about it um no i'm kidding brother i'm kidding yes <laughs> the, where they can find me i was trying to make a joke and you didn't laugh so it scared, it scared me it scared me. Okay. But the bottom line is, folks, my website is carlgallops.com. C-A-R-L-G-A-L-L-U-P-S. You can find videos. You can find articles. You can find the interviews that I do. You can find tons of information and articles like Pastor Dan was talking. That one he's put on his website is just one of many, many, many you can find. So much more. All on one page right there in the front drop-down menus that open into new pages right on the top page. It's so easy to use. And I, I, you can watch live streams. You can go through the sermon archives. You can go through the podcast. The teaching on the entire book of Revelation is there, chapter by chapter. On and on and on it goes. CarlGallus.com. All my books are there. You can buy them. You can get them there. We sh ship them to you free. We sell them at a discount. We do package deals. It's all at CarlGallus.com. 
All right. Well, great, Carl. We'll talk again. I'm looking for, I'm always looking forward to it. It was a wonderful conversation we had. You be blessed, brother. It is, it is my pleasure and it is a blessing to me. God bless you and your, in your uh, audience. Thank you, Dan. All right. Be blessed. Bye bye. Okay, folks. That was Pastor Carl Gallops, of course, carlgallops.com and, uh, great conversation. Amen. And a lot of truth, a lot of truth. And that's what matters. We're trying to comfort you in this time. Nobody has it 100%. You need to crack that word open yourself and look into it. We've got to get out of here, though. Remember, there is only one true God. Who is he? He is your father. That's how you should treat him. He's your father. Uh, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for the repentance and he rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only, only through him, is the way to the Father. Remember, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem because, boy, they need it, as you heard. Praying for the peace of Jerusalem is praying for Yeshua's return because there will never be any real peace, in fact, anywhere in this world until he does return. Pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church and talk radio. We really need your help at this time of the month and because it's Thanksgiving. Lord our God, Father, King Universe, I ask in Yeshua Hamashiach's name, that Father, you would please, please, please bless and keep these people that are listening. Let your face shine upon them. And Father, please be gracious to them and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. It's in your hands, Father, as it always is. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You all be blessed. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. <laughs>